Let me begin today with this thought. The way that you choose to look at life will determine how you live your life. What you think life is all about will influence how you invest your time, how you spend your money, how you use your talents, how you value your relationships. So if, for example, you see life as a party, and there are those that see it that way, your primary value will be having fun. So you will spend your time trying to have fun. You will spend your money doing fun things. You will use whatever talents you have trying to have fun. And the relationships you value most will be fun people. You probably won't want to work because that's not always so much fun. You won't want to put yourself out to help somebody else in need because sometimes that's not so much fun. And, and fun people are usually self-centered people anyhow. So you won't want to give your money to any kind of charity because you'd rather use it having fun. So you see how it works? The way you see life determines how you live life. Another example, if you see life as a race, you will value speed and you will probably be in a hurry all of the time. You won't slow down even if your health and your well-being depends on it. That's why so many people today suffer from unnecessary stress and anxiety that leads to heart attacks, strokes, and ulcers and things like that. <clears throat> On the other hand, if you look at life as being a marathon, then you will value endurance. If you saw any of the runners yesterday on a 26-mile marathon, they had to have endurance to make it through the whole length of that, that race. There are a lot of people that don't live life to the fullest because they're saving up for when they might need it, saving up for a rainy day or another depression or when the going gets rough and they'll need what they have. I remember back when, uh, when I played football, I didn't give every play everything that I had because I wanted to be able to have enough energy to play out the game. But if there's been one thing in my life that I would certainly do differently if I had it to do all over again, it would be to give every play all the energy and the ability that I could as if it were the only play. And when I come to the end of my life, I don't want to look back on it and regret like I do football today, but I want to be able to say that I gave my all to every experience. One other example that shows <clears throat> that the way we look at life determines how we live it, and that is if you see life as a, a battle or a game, and therefore winning becomes very important to you. That's the attitude of those misguided souls who have those bumper stickers on their car that say, he who has the most toys wins. The truth of the matter is 
that he who has the most toys is going to die anyhow, and you can't take them with you. But will you have built up enough of what you can take with you into eternity? So how do you see life? How do you think a Christian should look at life? Do you see it as a party or a race or a marathon or a game to be won? Do you see it as a circus or a minefield or a roller coaster, a puzzle, a symphony, a journey, a dance? The Christian who truly listens to the word of God as we hear it through the words of Jesus we find in the Bible knows that among other things and maybe ahead of all other things Life is a test and a trust. Nowhere is this seen more clearly than in the parable of the talents that you just heard read to you. God gives each of us certain talents, and these talents include your time, your energy, your spiritual gifts and abilities, as well as your money and all your possessions. And then God watches to see how you use them and even whether you use them. In this way, God is testing you, especially testing your character, your makeup. God watches to see what your primary values are in the way that you live and in the ways that you use what's been entrusted to you. Do your primary values include things like faith and obedience, love and compassion, integrity and loyalty? Or does your life reflect something else? God constantly watches how we use our resources and how we use them, especially in response to other people and in the way that we handle problems and in the way that we handle success or conflict or illness or disappointment or even the weather. God watches whether you cut other people off in traffic or not or whether you let other people in that they might go first, whether you pick up a piece of trash, whether you're polite towards store clerks and bank tellers and waiters. Not only does God watch you, but everybody else around you is watching you as well. Quite often, God watches to see how we handle the, the little things in life in order to know how we might handle bigger things in life. As the parable said, you have been faithful over a few things, I will put you in charge of much more. Therefore, life here on earth is both a test and a trust. And from the beginning, as we see in the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, God has given us everything we need in order to find joy in life and meaning and to be happy. And then he's trusted us to take care of this world, to use it in the ways that we should not in the ways that we shouldn't. And yesterday was Earth Day, which was again a, a very important reminder now 
of how we should and shouldn't be using this world. Then God watches to see how we are using what he's given us, to see whether his trust in us has been misplaced. We trust God all the time. Can God trust us all the time? And as I said earlier, the talents that God gives us include not only our, our time, our abilities, our skills, but our wealth and our resources as well. And how it pleases me, as I know it pleases God, when people are willing to use the talents that God has given them in the ways that God would desire for them to be used. Let me give you two quick examples to show you what I mean. Years ago, in our youth group in Memphis, we had a senior girl who was a world-class ice skater. I'm talking Olympic-level ice skater. But during her senior year, for 10 weeks, every Monday afternoon, with the help of her parents, she would take a dozen children from the public school systems who probably never had a chance to ice skate. She would take them to the mall, to the ice skating rink, and she would teach them how to ice skate. And I, would, I thought when I learned of that, I thought, wow, somebody brought her up right. She knows what life's all about. Or there's another person who is active here at Woodmont who works in Murfreesboro. But several years ago, he, it was brought to his attention how Murfreesboro needed a shelter for abused women and their children. And so when he learned of a building that was for sale, he bought it and he refurbished it and he opened it up as a shelter for women. And for years now, every night, 30 women and the children have a safe place to stay where they have meals and he also <clears throat> provides medical care for them. Is this not what God is talking about when he says in this parable, as you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me? There are a lot of other examples that I could share with you of how there are wonderful people uh, in our church family that are giving their time and energy to use their talents for the sake of others. At the end of this service, you're invited to go down by South Hall. If you haven't seen before, the Hope House that was built, a prefab house that volunteers here have used their time and their talents to build and it will be reassembled and taken to Kentucky uh, particularly to Dawson Springs, Kentucky, where people lost their homes because of the tornado. This is what the parable of the talents is talking about. For the Christian, then life here on earth is a test and a trust. God has entrusted us with so much and he's asked us to use it all in a way that not only makes life better for us, but especially makes life better for others. And there's something else in the way that this works. The more that God gives you, the more that God entrusts to you, the more God expects of you. Again, in the words of scripture, from those to whom much is given, much is expected. And the more you use what God has given you and use it in the way that God wants you to, what happens? The more we get in return, just like the parable said. It's called the law of the harvest. It's called the principle of sowing and reaping. 
And as again, the scripture puts it, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. You might think of it this way. If you smile at another person, you're certainly more likely to get a smile in return. If you scowl at another person, you know what you'll get in return. If you show kindness to others, you will reap kindness in return. It's a law of life. It applies to everything, including the use of your money. If it's true with everything else, God said it's also true with our money, and why should we even question the law of sowing and reaping when it comes that way? Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. But like so many other things in life, only those who do it know the truth of it. Spiritual growth is reflected in our giving. The Bible is constantly challenging us to become more mature in our faith, and our faith is reflected in what we do. Every Sunday when we come here to worship, we're given the opportunity to show how we respond to that test and that trust of life. But the question always is, how well do we measure up? How well do you measure up? How faithful are we in using what God has entrusted to us for God's purposes? And the answer to that is also how spiritually mature we have become. So next Sunday, it's called Commitment Sunday, and it's uh, one Sunday a year that you're given the opportunity to uh, answer the question about how well does your trust and your test measure up. On Commitment Sunday, we are asking you to turn in a card. There's one in your bulletin this morning. You can bring it back next Sunday, and we will collect those. And it's, a, it's not a, a commitment. It's a pledge based upon your estimate of how much you might be able to give to support the ministries of Christ through Woodmont Christian Church. And if you look at all that this church does, you know there's a whole lot of ministries, not just in our local community, but literally around the world that this supports. So as you pray about what you might put on that pledge card next week, I ask you to be thinking about how you see life. And in light of how you see life, how do you see the use of your money? The Wall Street Journal once quoted an anonymous person who defined money as an article which may be used in a universal passport to everywhere except heaven. And as a universal provider for everything except happiness. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Lord, help us to see life as you intended us to see it. Help us to deserve your trust, to pass life's greatest tests. And just as we trust you with our eternal salvation, may we also trust you with our money. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat>